no, I, if I go to church, I want the whole full effect. And uh, I'm so this you, is going to be. It is tough to beat a traditional Catholic high mass type of deal. Yeah. So I actually, I was an altar boy. No, in case you're asking. <laughs> um, I'm fine. But when I was, you know, serving at, at Christmas mass, mm-hmm. we had a Monsignor. And Monsignors are like, I don't know, like super priests, sort of. <laughs> like they get, a cape, they get a cape. Wow. Yeah, he had a cape. Like more than. Ralph the Bricassar? Well, no, well the, uh, nobody is more extra than than Ralph the Baguette. I mean, come on. <laughs> that guy was, he was all in, right? But then he would wear like sexy one-piece underwear underneath. No, something. he had this jod purse usually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or a suit, his, a snappy yeah, suit. Yeah, his horse riding pants. But, I mean, like we had all the pomp, all the circumstance. Yeah. I was, my job was to have the censor. Uh, and Father McPartland went all in on incense. So I'm like clanging this thing to the right and clanging it to the right, to the left. It was like, I felt like I was, you know, like, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. But no, I'm clanging it. And there was so much smoke that I almost passed out because they always warn you about that. Like, don't lock your knees or whatever, because they don't want you passing out because that makes it look like God might not be in total control here. Right. It's like he's killing off the altar boys. My God, we have to get out of here. Hi, and welcome to Gen X Temporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. It might just be pontificating tonight. <laughs> it could be, because I don't really have a plan for this episode. This is, everyone, our Christmas gift to you. We don't know what we're going to, well, we do know what we're going to talk about, but it's not going to be super structured. This is going to be truly Extemporaneous. This is a very special extemporaneous Christmas. <laughs> we are going to be talking about our favorite Christmas movies. We are going to be talking about films that have scenes that are pertinent that fall on Christmas. And then we're going to be asking each other some questions about the Christmas season. So we'd like to thank you very much for coming and listening to us each week. We really appreciate it. If you do like us and find us enjoyable, please share us with a friend. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's from a Christmas story. It sure is. <laughs> I didn't even have to tell you what impression no, I was doing. No, I knew that for sure. Hilarious. All right. Well, Mark. Christina. The season is upon us. No. What? Oh. Let's talk about the actual Christmas story. Because I think so much of Christmas is obviously now commercial. Thank God. <sighs> But there is a Christmas story. There is, with the Jesus. And I know that you are not, uh, I know that you're an atheist. I know that you're a non-believer. I am myself agnostic. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> you well, don't. you just listen nothing. to me, I will tell you. <laughs> um, but I, I think that this is interesting because even if you're secular, you can still have, you can still have an answer to this Doesn't question. Doesn't that sound kind of dirty if you say, you're so secular. You're so profane. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you speak in the Vulgate? <laughs> God, I could really go down. I'm path. sure you I'm could. I'm not going to. All right. Um, so let's add, let me ask you this question. Yes. What part of the Christmas story most intrigues you? Well, exactly what mer is. <laughs> Murder. Murder. <laughs> uh, no, I guess I think the thing that is most intriguing is kind of the origin of that myth of that myth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of whether it's true or not, people mistakenly think that if you say myth, you mean it's untrue. That is not necessarily the case. A myth is just an overarching story that explains certain things of life and it becomes traditional in a certain culture or religion. So I I, I did find it interesting that I think the three wise men, well, we don't know if there are three. We always say that there are three, but it doesn't really say that, Right. It just says wise men. And Mm -hmm. we just said, oh, it's three of them of various shades. And I remember my parents' nativity scene, like the three kings version. First of all, they were very tall in relation to everybody else. (laughs) Like there's a certain proportion to human people. And you're like six or seven heads tall. (laughs) They were like nine or ten heads tall. The one in mine, our nativity, was one of them was kneeling. Was well, ours was a very racially diverse. Mine was three too. kings, right? Yeah, yeah. One of them is super dark. One is more Middle Eastern, and one of them is apparently the representative from Stockholm, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure was not there in the Levant two thousand years ago, right? 
But um, yeah, I think that I think that was an interesting thing where they you know referenced these uh, kings of other cultures, which I mean, even even the most literal, I think you probably think okay, probably three kings didn't actually show up. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think I guess that's interesting. I mean, the whole thing is very interesting because you know, first of all, you have Joseph, who really really had to take a lot on faith here, right? <laughs> He's like, Joseph is probably the I'm most sorry, faithful of everyone. The father is who? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? You could have come up with something better than that. So, Mark, don't swear like that when you're talking about Joseph and the, the Holy Family. Well, I mean, the Holy Family has some stuff going on, though. I mean, that Joseph would have had to have really, really, really. No, really I don't disagree her. with you. I mean, he really. There was a lot of there was a lot of faith for I'm Joseph. I'm not sure that you know they painting an accurate picture of that but <laughs> uh, i feel like joseph might have been a little resentful but who knows um but i mean you know though i mean it's an interesting origin myth right and it's not unique right it does harken back to other ancient religions you know uh origin myths there were other uh children uh who were virgin birth type of things right that they in the past that they you know probably it evolved into that but uh, just, you know, kind of the, the fact that this entire myth story was, you know, caught fire, right? I mean, it went viral, big time. Billion people now totally buy into this. <laughs> That's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think for me, it probably is also around the virgin birth. Um, I mean, that is pretty unusual if you think about it. It is. You know, the, the thought of... Um, Science is actually advanced to the point where we could have a virgin birth. Yeah, I suppose you could. I don't know that they've ever done that, and if so, they kept it on the DL. <laughs> I mean, that would but be a lot. But you could hundred percent do that now. Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's a little creepy, honestly. Yeah, I think I think that the virgin birth is is the thing for me. The other thing is this: just this the concept of of knowing. That people recognize something special yeah, like had how, happened. How they know that? You know that obviously was a retcon. Bit, yes. but but let's say it wasn't. Let's say that you know people all of a sudden saw some fancy star and they were like, yeah. "Ooh, you well, know, know something something happened." You know, um, I'm a little confused as to how that star led. That is, you know, objectively millions of miles away led them to a particular place on Earth. I don't know how that works. Like, did the planet stop spinning for a little while? <laughs> I don't know, but, um, you know, like it could lead them in the general compass direction. But for me, it's just really, there's like a mood that is evoked by that story. And even when I go to church, even though I really don't know that that is any of that is true, I still feel moved by that story. You know, this, the small child who's been born and now is going to come, go on to become, you know, whoever he was, right? There was that person that was born. It do, we don't know that it happened the way that it says so, but there there was that person that was born, and he he then went on to be the center of this massive Major movement. So, right. I mean, for me, that it's just it's huge. It's so it's so enormous yeah. of a of a thing. So that's what that's what you know what my church is. On Christmas, what the TV, what TV show? Yeah, exactly. This young man comes out. He says, "For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God." And saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That, to me, is the most Christmassy. Like, that's the closest I get to going, well, maybe religion isn't that bad. I know, right? Linus. Because Linus is all in, in a very intellectual way, right? Yeah. Because Linus is much smarter than pretty much everybody else in that show. Yeah. Right? And he he's, like, giving you the true spirit of Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, he's a good guy and all that stuff. Well, that's okay. That's a good segue. So many movies, songs, and stories refer to the Christmas spirit. Right. What does this mean? Well, it's a little different than the great pumpkin. (laughs) It does not rise from any... It does sound a little ghoulish to me sometimes. Like, oh, the Christmas spirit, Jesus Christ. You know, like Marley, you Mm -hmm. know, clanking his change or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's really... That whole vibe of giving and charity 
and celebration mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, embracing a 2,000-year-old dead Jewish guy, you know, <laughs> all those things, that's the Christmas spirit. And when, the, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, of great joy, of great cheer. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit that. You sh- you're supposed to be of great cheer. You should be wassailing, whatever that is, <laughs> right? But you really just have to get into it. And at least I do try to adhere to that Do you to have to part. get into it or does it get into you? Well, okay, look. The idealistic view would be, of course, everyone is just madly infected by this. But we know that for many people, the holidays are the worst time. A hundred percent. So I think you really have to make an effort. And I think you should make an effort if for no other reason than it makes the people around you feel better. Right. right. Which is totally legit. So it's interesting that you brought up a Christmas carol. Well, I'm very interesting. Because when I I saw these questions beforehand, you're just hearing them now. Yes, as these I'm, are all shocking to I me. have tried not to like really form an answer, but when I saw that, you know, what is the Christmas spirit, I thought of a Christmas a ghost, carol. Right? No, no, yeah. not of the oh. ghost. Oh, but, but him of, trying to get the, the Christmas carol. At the carol. end yeah. of a Christmas carol right. when he, you he's know, he, he 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 goes yeah. out and he's he's had this total turn of uh like about face. Right. And I thought to myself, that to me really exemplifies what it would mean to me. He just sort of, you know, obviously he's buying geese and he's running around but at but at the end what it says Ebenezer Scrooge was better than his word. He became as good a friend, as good a master, as good a man as the old city knew. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. It was said of Ebenezer Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us. Everyone. Keeping Christmas well is not easy. It should be. It should, you know, you would think be that happy, it, it yeah. would be. Just be happy. It's a, you know, but it isn't. Cheer it up. Isn't. And for many people, it's not. For me, it's very hard. When yeah. uh, I lost Stu, he got sick and then he had a, you know, he got his surgery and he was okay. And then at Christmas time came and he got sick literally on Christmas Eve. He started yeah. getting very sick on Christmas Eve and, uh, and it was all downhill from there yeah. for two months. And uh, so for me, Christmas is a very hard time of the year. I've lost my ability to find great joy in it at this point. I don't know that that will never come back. I'm sure that it will. But for me right now, it's just, I know that it's a hard time of the year for me. And then I get, uh, then I, uh, then I get guilty. I yeah, put you, pressure you feel myself. the pressure to cheer up, to cheer right. up. And, and what I've had to do and, you know, I've had to deal with that with my kids, which is to sort of say, you know, I recognize that I am not w- what you wish I would be right now. And yeah. I know that, but I'm doing the best that I can. And have I can- you tried to follow la la la? <laughs> I find that is often jollies me up a bit. <laughs> well, I've, I just, and I haven't even listened to Christmas care. It's like, I, I just, I, you know, everything, everything about yeah. this season for me is work. Yeah. Yeah. So I am somebody, you know, not, and I'm not talking about my career now. I'm talking about the Chris, podcast. Christmas shopping oh. and decorating. All of it is work. It's a grind. It's a dog. grind. It's a grind. But so I, I totally understand where some people struggle, but I also keep trying, right? Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not, and I'm doing things. And, and my hope is that I will do enough that people will have a pleasant time that I'm responsible for. And then the rest will deal. It will be what it is. Holidays in the, in the stage of grief that I'm in holidays are not all that great. Great. Because it's a reminder of of loss. Right? Oh, it's just a reminder, especially like these these holidays. It's a reminder. So so for me, I understand where people don't feel great. If there are people, I, I'm cognizant of this too, that there are people that are alone on the holidays. If there's yeah. any way for people to be able to include people who are alone Absolutely. on the holiday, I know a friend Invite of mine. Invite your neighbor over for dinner. Right. Or I know a friend of mine who uh, just was telling me a story today that she is going to include a friend who lost her partner. And uh, so she's going to include her in her Christmas. So, but the Christmas spirit also to me is like, um, besides a Christmas carol, what's that uh, show? Oh, um, Trading Places. No, Polar Express. With the uh, uh, Uncanny Valley 
uh, yeah, it animation. is a little uncanny valley, but but besides, uh, and it it doesn't creep me out that much. But what I like is just the bell and just like the yeah. joy of where he's looking to see Santa and then he sees him. Yeah, and I mean, I just think that that whole magical aspect of it. Right, there's a period of time from when you're about two to maybe like eight or nine, maybe somewhere in yeah. there, where that is just sheer magic. Magic. Like you are in awe and wonder during that whole period of time and it's a ma- it's magic created by the lies of your parents it is and it's when a you- huge conspiracy <laughs> that everybody's in on like oh my god don't tell them don't, don't do Santa. you do you feel like it's a bad thing to- no, no i'm fine lying to yeah. children <laughs> i have zero problem there with that look they don't now- first of all they're not that smart okay <laughs> So you can lie to them pretty easily. They'll believe any well, bullshit they, I think if it ends up age, giving. Oh, th- yeah, they Math- want to believe. Matthew was clinging to Santa until he was about seventeen years old <laughs> because he was afraid the gift train would would derail. Right? He's like, I just thought if I told you, I would stop getting presents, which is a legit complaint. <laughs> it is. Way. It's it a is. legit concern. All right. Well, speaking of presents, what is the best present you've ever received for Christmas? Wow. But I was never that focused on exactly what I got. More just I liked the whole process, right? We had awesome food, cookies, and the whole thing. But let's see. We did get our first video console one year. I think it was an Atari, but it may have been some knockoff. I'm not sure. But they had something that looked like Space Invaders. <laughs> that was amazing, right? My fave yes. present. You're going to be surprised about this, Is I think. Is it the one I gave you? No. It what? Was, which one? No. I don't know. Uh, I purple Rain. Stuff. Oh, the album? The album. Nice. That is a pretty good present. That I have to tell you. I I mean, I First received of all, many great album. I received many great presents, but I remember getting that and my bedroom at that time I was a teenager and my bedroom at that time was set up so cool and my mother was very tasty about decoration. So even in my bedroom I had I had those candles. She was tasty and, about it? Yeah, she had good taste about oh, about her tasteful, decorating. Maybe. I just say tasty. Yeah, she was tasty. That was that was a tasty room, dog. <laughs> it was, and she had she had tasty AF. <laughs> she had uh, even like those those electric Christmas candles, those Delicious. candles in my room. Yeah, yeah. And so my room was this like orange glow, nice. and I had these big, you know, the day when you had enormous speakers, and I had oh, my sure. turntable, yeah. and I put on Purple Rain, and I must have listened to that album front and back, probably like fifteen times. First of all, Christmas Eve, great album. If possible, I I would characterize Prince as the most well-known and famous underrated musician of all time. Underrated? Do you think Prince was underrated? Until recently, people really never put him musically in the stratosphere he belonged. He is one of the great all-time virtuoso guitarists. Well, Eric But everybody, yeah, he said, you know, what's it like, Eric, what's it like being, you know, the the greatest, uh, you know, uh, living guitarist. guitarist. And he's like, I don't know, ask Prince. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Which is, that's I mean, that's praise. amazing. Yeah. George Harrison is just like, yeah. George Harrison's like, what oh, a- well, now do I need to like him more than Eric? Because I love Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I want Eric, I want to kind of be you, but yeah. now do I need but to I mean, be Prince? But I mean, because Prince is always, you know, like his showmanship. Yeah. And his dancing. And-, and I'm telling you, that album, Pitch Perfect, and also one of the best Christmas carols of all time, Darling Nikki. You could say she was a sex fiend I met her in a hotel lobby Masturbating with a magazine She said, how'd you like to waste some time And I could not resist When I saw little Nikki grind Yes, well I mean, who, I mean Merry Christmas to you, <laughs> sir Merry Christmas to myself Yes, exactly <laughs> aye, 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 All right aye. White Christmas or warm weather resort? Okay, so I have been obviously in Florida for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And I was actually in Antigua once in like early mid-December. I still find it a little weird Mm -hmm. for it to be warm at Christmas. Yeah. Right? Like, And I think palm trees with lights in them look amazing. Beautiful. But just not Christmassy. Because I grew up in... I grew up in, near the fucking Alps, right? Yeah. I mean, that's to me, Christmas is German and wooden and chocolatey, right? <laughs> that's my Christmas. Yeah. And there should be, and we rare, and if you, I think if you think back, 
you'll probably find that you rarely had a white Christmas, except for maybe you because you're in fucking Wisconsin. I was in was Wisconsin. Yeah, a, we had white a white winter. Yeah. <laughs> right? But um, but we rarely had a white Christmas, but every once in a while you get that little dusting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you get a legit white Christmas. But to me, it was all it's gotta be brisk and cold. Cause otherwise hot chocolate is kind of dumb, right? And um, but that's I mean, to me, cold weather Christmas is the way to go. Uh, but you know, I'm fine not scraping ice off my car the whole winter. So, yeah, you know, it's a just trade-off. For that window of Christmas. And, and I honestly, um, for me, you can't, I, it's just not fun. It's like, I think that might also be a part of why I don't feel like Christmas is very magical because Christmas lights look pretty. They don't look as pretty. Right. They don't like have snow falling. Looks, yeah. No. Nothing looks better than the glow of Christmas lights. Under snow. Underneath four or five inches of snow. Yeah. It's right? so beautiful. That's so amazing. beautiful. All right. Okay. So, uh, what is your favorite just full stop Christmas movie? Because we're going to talk about movies, but we're going to talk about them a little bit differently. So what's what's your favorite Christmas movie of all time? I think I'm going to go with Christmas Story. That is, to me, it's just so great on every level. Mm-hmm. It's hitting all the notes, right? It's hitting nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Definitely captures the, the magical, mystical nature of Christmas because mm-hmm. these kids were like all in. But it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they, even as cynical as a lot of that whole thing was, because the dad was kind of dick, the mom was kind of- Yeah, like, but he was a good dad in the end. Yeah, He's yeah, the one exactly. that got that's him the saying. gun. Yeah, that's what I'm well, saying. I mean, yeah. hang I mean, on, everyone. <laughs> Not that you should job. get your child guns. Well, BB gun, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was, by the way, I was never allowed to have a BB gun. First of all, my parents saw enough of the- uh, Inter- internecine warfare between my siblings and I to know oh, that we should not God. be armed in any way. <laughs> we managed to do plenty of damage with no weapons. Okay? <laughs> I I actually stabbed my brother in the face with scissors once. So, Well, you, know, you bit your other brother in the soft spot on his head when he was an infant. Yeah. Should learn how to talk quicker. <laughs> but um, so for me, it's a Christmas story. I, and there are a lot of great Christmas movies, mm-hmm. of course. What's your favorite part of a Christmas story? I would have, I really like the tire changing scene. Get that dirty there we go. And oh, for one brief moment, I saw all the bolts silhouetted against the lights of the traffic, and then they were gone. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F dash 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 word. What did you say? Nuts, and he's like, oh, fudge. But I didn't, I didn't say, say fudge. fudge. <laughs> that was great. The uh, whole, you know, see, sitting on Santa's lap scene oh, so was good. so great. Yeah. Because it really, it really juxtaposed Ralphie's absolute dying commitment to the Christmas spirit con- contraposed by this really shitty department store Santa Claus with dickhead elves. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a slide, yeah, somehow. where he would slide down after and he sat like, on his lap. You know, ho, ho, ho. And it was a terror movie at that point. <laughs> it was a horror movie at that point. But I think what it also did is it gave you um, perspective of size, right? Because I think oh, that sure. we forget how little kids are. Kids yeah. are little in yeah. the world. We've talked about that on other episodes, but right. kids are little in the world. And what you saw in that scene, I thought, was just how big. And frightening uh, humans are. Yeah. Adults are. Yeah. And then uh, compared to kids. So what's their perspective? And I love that that part of it. That's actually, that was going to be one of my choices. So I have a backup. Okay, so my choice is Polar Express. I mentioned right. it before. And that, for me. So you're not thrown off by the Uncanny Valley no, stuff. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because I, I just think that the story is so lovely. Yeah. The story is so lovely. And it's, again, it hits on some nostalgia. Uh, it It hits on the magical part of it. Um, also, the fact that as an adult, you know, everybody stopped being able to hear the the jingle bell, but right, he right. could still hear it. Right. Um, you know, he there there's that magic. And I think that there are some adults who do Christmas well, like who really yeah. do have that spirit of Christmas. And I think that that's 
so beautiful and I'm envious of that. And so when I see that, plus uh, I, I, the hot chocolate dance <laughs> and I mean, see the song. Now, the part that is a little alarming is the to- version of Tom Hanks, the hobo that's up on the, the you know, he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. up on the, yeah. the roof of the, the train. Okay, so last part of this episode, we're going to go through a couple of films because what I've noticed is that Christmas is a, a plot device. I think that writers will use in their stories. We have entire channels devoted to Christmas stories, like Christmas love stories and things like that. By the way, all Hallmark Christmas movies suck balls. <laughs> They're all the same. They're so bad. So I'm going to start out. I've got a couple that are like romantic comedies, like rom-coms. Right. But right. I'm going to start out with Love Actually. Now, this is a polarizing film. There are a lot of people who look back on Love Actually and say, God, that really didn't age well. You but- know you know what? For me, you know what it really evokes? Mm. The feeling that I never saw that movie. You never saw Love oh, Actually? hell no. Oh, my God. Just, just the fact that there's a comma in the title throws me, I mean, just drives me away. No thanks. I'm All right. Love actually has many stories interwoven into it, but there's a there's a lot that happens right around Christmas. And one of the scenes that happens that I think does such a an interesting job of juxtaposing Christmas, which is meant to be this joyous, wonderful holiday, and just absolute tragedy is one of two of the characters are are married and he has an affair. On Christmas? It comes about, it, Was she, it with an she elf? becomes aware of it right uh, around Christmas wow. because she's expecting a gift from him that is a, she's seen that he's purchased like a necklace or oh, some piece of jewelry. Dude, that's, that's amateur hour. And, Come on, dude. Imagine your husband bought a gold necklace and come Christmas gave it to somebody else. God. Would you wait around to find Good out night. a bit? No, 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 no. Happy Christmas. Would you wait around to find out if it's just a necklace or if it's sex and a necklace or if, worst of all, it's a necklace and love? Would you stay, knowing life would always be a little bit worse? Or would you cut and run? And uh, that, to me, just kind of shows that, you know, like, even though it's this most magical, wonderful time, real life is still happening. Yeah. Real so, life is still definitely happening. It's an important lesson. Well, I mean, I'm trying to keep things deep here on X No, no, I think Gen this, I think this is an important lesson that for your side piece, <laughs> keep the Christmas gifts to sex acts. All oh, right? Mark! Because that way you're much less likely to get caught. You can't be ordering shit on your joint Amazon account for your side piece. Mm-mm-mm. Get it get it together, Alan Rickman. <laughs> all right, what's your, what's your first one? All right, so we're at the Nakatomi Christmas party, and it's all of a sudden it's taken over by terrorists. <laughs> what the hell? I've never seen this. Oh, yes, you have. No, it it's is, Die Hard. I've never it, seen oh, it. Oh, you've never seen Die Hard? No. Are you fucking kidding me? No. We are watching Die Hard. Then we're watching Love Actually because I'm as astonished that you haven't seen Love Actually as you are. You've been married before. How has no woman ever gotten you to watch uh, Love Actually? They stopped at their Sex in the City. But so anyway, these terrorists break in and hold everybody in the Christmas party hostage. The husband of one of the executives is coming back into town to visit Mm -hmm. and he decides, you know what? Feel like I can handle this. I'm I'm going to break into the building. These terrorists are mostly German, which so, and Alan Rickman plays this really great, creepy German guy. Wow. At first they pretend like he, he pretends like he's just there at the party, but then it's revealed later that he's, you know, the head terrorist or whatever. He's like the head guy. Yeah. He very famously, you know, has a confrontation with, Bruce Willis, he's trying to pretend to be just one of the guys in the party, but Bruce Willis has figured out that he's, you know, a bad guy. He goes, Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Hey, motherfucker. Yeah, so, but it's a really, really exciting, good, it's a, and people, and it's one of the great debates in around this time of year is, is it a Christmas movie? Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, the Bruce Willis is like, no, it's not a Christmas movie, it's an action movie. 
And I think the director's like, eh, it could be a Christmas movie, whatever, whatever sells more DVDs, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, the Nakatomi Christmas Party in, in Die Hard. Okay. So my next one is Bridget Jones' Diary. It's like you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times these holiday scenes establish the rest of the right. movie. Right. They're very, they're very formative. Right. right? So, so there's, so this is, if there's going to be exposition, this is where the exposition right, happens. Right. And so what she does is she, she, you meet Hugh Grant, who's the cad at the, the office Christmas party and that's her boss and she's in love with him. And yeah. then she goes on Chris, on, on New Year's day to her mother's Turkey curry buffet and all the neighbors Ooh, are there. And curry. one of the neighbors is an old family friend, and they have a son, and that is, of course, Mark Darcy. Ooh, ding dong. Maybe this time Mum had got it right. Come on, why don't we see if Mark fences a gherkin? Mark? Maybe this was the mysterious Mr. Wright I'd been waiting my whole life to meet. You remember Bridget? Maybe not. She used to run around your lawn with no clothes on, remember? Uh, no, not as such. I don't know who that is. Oh, Colin Firth plays oh, Mark okay, gotcha. Darcy, and he is... No, wait, because isn't of course, that... Okay, but isn't this that This is a, based on yeah, 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 Pride okay. and Prejudice. Okay, gotcha. And so... Uh, so See, yeah, I'm so, not completely ignorant. No, but anyway, so to me, it's just fantastic, because it just really, it shows you she's, you know, she's hungover from being out on New Year's Eve, um, she's made a fool of herself at the Christmas right. party by singing, singing bad karaoke. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, been there. Who hasn't? Who amongst us has not? You, um, I think. Well, I mean, but uh, but for me, it's just and it's funny because then he's wearing he's wearing the joke is he's wearing a, a funny sweater that his mother has purchased for right. him. It's ugly got a big, Christmas sweater. It's an yeah. ugly Christmas sweater, but he's wearing it because he's a good sport. He's just yeah. a good guy. He's a good right. egg. Right. You just don't know it. You kind of do, but you don't. And so it's just it's just such a fun. Funny movie, and and so a lot gets established in it, and around that holiday season, and you can really understand. I think her tension was being single; she didn't want to be single. Everybody was, you know, kind of asking her, "Why are you single?" It's like this urge to like, and I think around the holidays, if you are single, a lot of times you do have that, like, oh, "I wish I wasn't single." Right, because you know everybody else is all booed up. Yeah, and you feel like you're missing out. Yeah, if you don't, if you're if you're on your own. My next one is the worst Christmas present of all time. <laughs> if you are going to buy Don't your child, feed him after yeah, if you're going to buy your child something for Christmas, maybe make sure it's not going to cause the apocalypse. <laughs> right? If you just are a little careless, Gizmo. Because if you think, yeah, well, Giz was great, right? Bright light, but. Giz was great, but the he, Gizmo was a very dangerous pet to have. You didn't have to stray too far off the path to fuck up in a very life-threatening way. Because all of a sudden you've got Stripe. Yeah, you got Stripe, who is, you know, not a good guy. What's the movie? It's Gremlins, of Gremlins. course. If you haven't figured it out by now, just go. Turn in your Gen X yeah, card. what's wrong with you? <laughs> but, you know, and the, now, to be fair, the merchant did warn them. Yeah. I don't know if he was strong enough in his warning. Like, if you do this, here's what's going to happen. He just said, don't do this. Well, okay, that's not right. really going to work. There's a reason why ladders have labels on them. Right. Right? Because people are stupid. Right. And they're going to do stupid things. And a kid, you tell the kid, don't feed your pet after midnight. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Hey. But isn't everything technically after midnight? I mean, that's a, a little bit of a plot hole. Right? <laughs> Don't get them wet. Okay, I'm going to have the stinkiest pet ever. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. I remember very clearly the scene where Stripe is wearing like a Santa hat. Yeah, he's got a Santa hat at one point. <laughs> Probably drunk as fuck. He's trying to hook up with the ballerina gremlin. Do you remember the ballerina <laughs> yes. gremlin? Which, least feminine looking thing ever. And they're in like a movie theater. Oh, that's right. They're yeah, in the movie. Oh, my God. I forgot about that scene where they're in the yeah. theater. And I haven't seen this movie probably for 30 years. I haven't seen it years. since the 80s. Yeah, I haven't maybe seen not. it since it yeah. came out. But yeah. that was really for, I really remember him with the, with yeah, the, the Santa, Santa hat. hat on. Exactly. That's why I picked <laughs> it. So. Right. And I remembered his name. Yeah, you did remember his name. That's pretty good. All right. So my next one is a very important movie for me because it is how I chose my son's name. Okay. Sleepless in Seattle. All right. My, but yeah, so Sleepless in Seattle because there's a, there's a, obviously she hears him on the radio as she's driving from yeah. her parents' house to her fiance. 
to his parents' for house. Now. And she hears Sam, who's played by by Tom Hanks. Meg, Meg Ryan is is um the the female lead, and Tom Hanks is the male lead. So Annie hears Sam on the radio talking about how he's lost his wife, and this is very hard for him. The holidays are hard. I think that for me, it it, it has meant different things over the years, but. But it's always a very romantic time. Christmas can be an extremely romantic time. So for uh, like a rom-com to establish the story at Christmas, I think that it is incredibly useful as a plot device. Moreover, they are talking about meeting sort of your soulmate and how that is yeah. to sort of fall in love that way. And they keep referring to it as, as, as like magic. And then after a while, Sam, tell me what was so special about your wife. Oh, well, it was a, oh, it was a million tiny little things. That when you added them all up, it, it just meant that we were supposed to be together. And I knew it. And I knew it the very first time I touched her. It was like coming home. I was just taking her hand to help her out of a car. It was like magic. magic. There's that tie-in to the holiday season, which is magical anyway. And I think that a lot of people at the holiday season are looking for that little bit of something special. If you're an adult, sure. you're not thinking Santa's coming down the chimney. I mean, I guess, suppose it depends on the adult that you are, but you're not necessarily looking for Santa to come down the chimney. You may be looking for magic in other ways, you know, trying to capture a that lover. feeling. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> not capture it. Well, I mean, I guess. And then, of course, yeah. Sam's son's name was Jonah. And, that, and when That's I saw it. it, I said, if I ever have a boy, name's going to be Jonah. So you had a boy. Jonah Nagy. There he is. There he is. Jonah. Jay Naj. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your next one? Trading Places. Trading Places. Yes. So why is that cause one? Because there, there's a very important scene during, uh -huh. but during their Christmas party uh -huh. where Dan Aykroyd is dressed up as Santa. He gets drunk as hell. <laughs> and he's trying to break back into the firm that kicked him out, where Eddie Murphy is now a rising Instanced. star. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and Eddie Murphy, if I remember correctly, was kind of pulled off the street. Yes. He was like a hobo the, or yeah, something. Yeah, the whole premise of the movie is Mortimer and his brother, whatever his brother's name is, they made a bet. They're, he's like, I could take any bum off the street and make him into an executive, and I could take any executive and turn him into a criminal. And that's what they do. They frame Dan Aykroyd, who was who played an insufferable douchebag for the first half of the movie, right? <laughs> he deserved whatever shit he got because he was just a jerk. It was he was just a rich finance bro kind of jerk. Yeah. And then Eddie Murphy, who is this, you know, scammy, streetwise, homeless guy, they hire and promote him, and then they Ruined Dan Aykroyd. And then Dan Aykroyd is Doesn't down he hook out. up with a hooker with a heart of gold? Played he by sure Jamie does. Lee Curtis. He sure does. <laughs> and shockingly, she shows us her boobs. Oh, Jamie Lee. She, well, good boobs. I just showed them too. Yeah, I've been walking around naked if I had Jamie Lee Curtis's right. body. But um, so anyway, at the Christmas party, so Dan Aykroyd sneaks into the Christmas party dressed as Santa. But it's not like a clean looking Santa. It's more like, it's like bad Santa before bad like Santa. Like dirty Santa. Yeah. Like his, his beard wasn't fluffy white. It was kind of like dark gray. You know I mean? It was just, he just looked very sketch. Yeah. So he's at the buffet, like shoving like hams in his pocket and stuff. Cause he's homeless, right? right. He's hungry. He slid, he slid like an entire salmon into his vest, which I would think would have been problematic later. So anyway, and then he breaks into Eddie Murphy's office I'm making a citizen's arrest. This man is a drug dealer. Look, look here in his office drawer. He's got all the bad drugs here. Marijuana joints, pills, quaalude, Valium, yellow ones, red ones, cocaine grinder, drug needles. He's the pusher, not me. Really, I just came in and caught this man planting this stuff in my desk. It's obviously some primitive attempt to try to frame me. Frame you? Boy, if that isn't the pot calling the kettle black. Man's obviously a lunatic. I'm calling security. And of course, they throw Dan Aykroyd out again. Who then, yeah, who then is end up on a bus somewhere, and he like slowly slides the salmon out and starts gnawing on it. Oh! I mean, it's really a down, down and out kind of scene. <laughs> but that's a very funny movie. And ultimately, well, I don't want to spoil it for you since you know you've seen. That I've one seen now. that one. Okay, good. Yeah. So ultimately, 
Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd team up yeah. and they ruin. So that was my. That's your. That's third. one. Okay. So my next one. Now I'm gonna go into the dark side because it's not just romantic comedies that use. I thought that's Christmas all you ever watched as a device. No, I'm here. I come. I'm gonna come with some heavy, heavy hitters here. All right. So I'm gonna come with uh, the Godfather. Oh yeah. All, all right. right. Okay. So, so if you recall. The scene where Vito gets shot is right around Christmas. Was this a, the, so right, so yeah. Vito gets Vito gets shot and he's Fredo wet. is is ah, pops yeah. and yeah, whatever yeah. he's saying and yeah. Fredo is being his usual Fredo he saw. Yeah, he's your big help, Fredo. Good job. <laughs> but then you have the, then you have Michael and Kay walking along and they're talking. They've just come from seeing the bells of St. Mary's yeah. and she, you know, do you wish that I was Ingrid Bergman or whoever it right, is? Right. And, and I mean, I guess kinda, yeah. And then uh and, and he's talking they're talking about the gifts that they're they're that she's purchased and you know, all of the rest and getting ready for the holiday, and then all of the sudden the headline appears. They yeah. see the headline on the newsstand yeah. and that, that um Vito's been been gunned been down. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, sets loads and loads into motion. Oh, absolutely. For, uh, for I mean, Michael. that basically I mean, propels like kind of him a... into the, back into the family business. Right, right. And so he goes and he's that, you know, then then he goes to the hospital and all and, and has to move Vito out of his right, room right. because they're going to come and finish him yeah, off, yeah. even though he's lived and all right. the rest. So so this is that's a, just a huge, a huge turning point. And, you right. know, I mean, obviously the wedding sort of sets the scene and it's the in, in the, the, right. the early part of the film. But for me, that this is a really key and critical moment because yeah. uh, and here it is, because it's a beautiful again, the juxtaposition yeah. of this beautiful time of the year. And they're walking and it's New York. In, in and a sense, it's, it's a little bit of a cliched device right you take the joy of christmas and you just you know uh uh you know impose, <laughs> yeah, impose a tragedy on it and that gives it more emotional weight it does it does give it more and i think that you're right it's it's the contrast that provides even it's like more. goth poetry it, it's extremes placed in juxtaposition yep right so. yep yep okay all right so what's your last one so goodfellas if you remember, good, now did you see Goodfellas? I did see Goodfellas. Oh, thank God. Okay, so you don't only watch romantic. Comedy. Oh my God, I saw every except for one of I your know. movies. You did, and I missed a couple of yours. So yeah. Um, but so uh, there's there it's Christmas time, and there's no need to, to be, be afraid. afraid. I mean, except, except there's a ton of reasons to be, be afraid. <laughs> So that's uh, like Paul McCartney talking exactly. <laughs> like, don't be afraid, book. You should be afraid. <laughs> um, uh, of course, uh, the Robert De Niro character is trying to keep everybody's shit together because they pulled this Lufthansa heist, uh -huh. right? And he's telling everybody, stay cool, don't spend your don't money. Spend tons of money. Yep. And this fucking guy, the oblivious, I don't know, his Morty or whatever his name is, he buys his wife uh, like a fox coat. Yeah, you know. And he, he bought her a Cadillac, whatever. He's splashing money around. And Robert De Niro's like, What did I tell you? I talked to you before, didn't I? Did I say what's going on? Didn't I say not to go buy anything for a while? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a wedding gift, Jimmy. It's from my mother. It's under her name. I just got married. Love that car. Excuse me, darling, for just a second. I just got married. Johnny, are you, are you nuts? What are you getting excited for, Jimmy? What am I getting excited for? You're stupid. We got a million fucking bulls out there. Everybody's watching us. And you get a fucking car. They're telling me I'm excited. My mother's name. It's a wedding gift. Give up a fuck whose name it's on. Are you stupid or what? Did you hear what I said? Don't buy anything. Don't get anything. Nothing big. Did you hear what I said? What's the matter with you? And they end up at the in this joyous Christmas season, knocking him off. Because he, he couldn't be he trusted. He can't, yeah, because he was a fucking idiot at Christmas. Got to keep your shit tight. Look, if you're I a gangster, you have yeah. got to keep it under control. Yeah, I understand your lady wants a nice gift. You have to tell her, you know what? Let's have an experiential gift this year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll take you to Tahiti or something where the feds aren't going to see that I'm splashing money around. Yeah. You know, because we and we won't post about it on Facebook. Right. You know, like just keep it on the DL. Yep. And, but no, he's out there spending his cash because, of course, Christmas does put a lot of financial pressure on us. Well, it is a consumer-driven holiday, and that's Absolutely. something that we haven't talked about. But that actually does bring that point up. There's a lot of pressure, financial pressure around the holiday. There are to companies whose year is ma made or broken by the Christmas season. Maybe a little bit less than it used to be Yeah. because you're not you know, shopping in malls, which, by the way, we're going to talk about that, too, because I really do miss that. Yeah. But um, 
They're there. I mean, the Christmas season is the most intense. Wonderful time of the year. That too. Uh, driven by com- consumer spending, right? <laughs> we spend hundreds and billions now, I'm sure, yeah. of dollars yeah. on Christmas. And I, and, I, and everybody does it, you know? And yeah. even if you're like, you know, have a lot going on, you know, have a ton in the bank, but you're like, you know what, Christmas, I'm just going to go out, all out, I'll figure it out later, Yeah, you know? And we'll go into debt, you know, whatever, because we don't want to rob the other person of that specialness. And if you think back to like when you were buying your kids Christmas presents when they were really young, yeah, most of the shit you bought them Play with it for like a day, yeah. right? Now, th- but you had to have that effect, that magical effect of a lot of shit under the tree, and you wanted them at the end of the day to feel like they got a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. It was a feeling of bounty and, you know, and wealth. And there are many, you know, the thing is that there are many, many, many people that don't that don't have that. I mean, oh, they can't, yeah. they can't course, do that. Of course, yeah. Um, and, it, and when did that happen, though? I mean, like back in the 30s, you get an orange, right? I mean, that would be it. You yeah. get an orange and a pe- and a badly carved wooden horse or something. Yeah, you know? what a shitty Christmas that was. No, but it was probably but very of course, nice. Yeah, because you they were made a nice dinner. They- but it wasn't. It wasn't. There wasn't as much pressure on it, right? Like it wasn't this, you know, culmination of the entire year. It was an important religious holiday, obviously, and it was a time for families to get together. And it was, you know, and there was there were presents exchanged, but it 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 just kind of has it just kind of like peaked. And I don't know if it's peaked, but it's just kind of like grown and grown and grown where there's a lot of pressure now to outdo what you did last year or to make sure that you're giving enough shit away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot. It's a it's a ton. It's a lot. And it's really. Um, so I bought you socks. I mean, you know. <laughs> thank you. I always can use. Some, you know, the thing is, is, though, socks. Oh, yeah. They that's, a great, that's a great present. That's a great present. We used to joke when we were growing up. Like, my parents would always go, you know, like, what do you get us? What do you get us? Socks and underwear. Now, that's an awesome gift. Yeah, that's a great gift. You want to give me gift. socks and underwear? That's a good present. I really love to get socks and underwear because then yeah. I don't have to buy them myself. That's right. The thing is, is that I think that, you, you know, you want to be, you want to be, you want to give somebody something that they want. Of course. But also, I think there's something really interesting in giving somebody something that they need. I just saw something. It's called the tradition of the five gifts. The first four gifts are the same for everybody. You give them something that they want, something that they need, something to wear, and something to read. So then the fifth gift is something that they really need or want, but they don't know that they need it or want it. Oh. So you kind of wow. go Just for something. Just try to something. make it harder. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, that's like a tough one. But I think that that's a really neat rule because it's great to go to your kids and say, hey, give me a list of things that you want. Yeah. You know that they're going to be happy for everything yeah. that they get. We No. What you do back in the day. You circle shit in the Sears catalog. Sears catalog. Oh, my God. I loved that. I loved that. Uh, but anyway, I thought that that was a cool uh, way to do it. It is not yeah. what I did this year, but I think I may do it next year. All right. Because I learned about it late in the year. Yeah. Too late to uh, yeah. take that shit back. Yeah. So, um, okay, my last film, this will be this will be the last film and the last film we speak about. Ever. Has Bloody Christmas. What the hell? <laughs> I know. Let's end it on a happy you, note, you, everyone. You, you're picking a horror film? <laughs> Uh-uh. No, it's called L.A. Confidential. Oh, okay. And the, again, establishing shots and everything is happening on, like, Christmas Eve. Yeah. And uh, it's to do with 19, like, 1950s Hollywood and the police and, and the mob in 1950s Hollywood and crooked police and everything else. That, if you don't know what this story is about. No. Russell Crowe, early role for Russell Crowe, right. early role for Guy Pierce. Kim Basinger is in it. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh. Fantastic, but now canceled. And here again, not only is it jarring for the audience, because you know that Christmas is happening. Christmas right. lights are up and everything, you know, and Christmas parties are happening and the police officers are getting really is there drunk. A worse, yeah, is there a worse time to have a massacre? Well, I don't know. And, and well, what happens is they the police start beating up suspects. Yeah. And there are um, reporters there, and they they, right. they capture these police beating up on innocent people, essentially. Yeah. Again, this sets in motion everything else that happens in the movie. Yeah. For us as viewers, there's this like it's like it's Christmas and Again, this terrible yeah, stuff is it's happening. A, it's an it's a well worn tool. It is, and then what you see because it's kind of meta is that within the film. 
the next day the headline is bloody christmas yeah and so you can see that within the film the the reporters within the film are actually recognizing it and taking advantage of the season to really highlight the one of the worst christmas carols of all time is bloody christmas (laughs) sunday bloody christmas (laughs) have a jolly bloody christmas Hope you've got a vest. Uh, all right, all right. So so those are my movies. Those are your movies. And let's wrap it up with a heartfelt message because I think next week we are gonna we're gonna have the Mean Girls episode. Right. That'll be for New Year's. But what wonder um, what that's gonna be like. Mean. Super mean. It's gonna be that'll be fun girls. to record sometime in the future. In the future that we just recorded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so what um so so I guess what I would like to say is it has been for me, I'm going to be sincere now. So Mark's going to mock me, but I'm going to be sincere. For me, it has been a super year, um, and this has been a really great gift kind of coming into the end of the year to gain uh, the, the followers that we have had uh, join us over the year. And those of you who have been with us from the beginning, we're very grateful for you. And it is a real treat for me every week to be able to do this podcast, some weeks better than others, because I sometimes am tired and all the rest, but it is Oh, it's a real treat for me to be able to do it. So thank you all very much for coming and listening to us each week. I really sincerely mean that. Now, I have to say that every week when I come to the podcast, I'm not really tired at all. <laughs> it's really not that hard. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> we come, we chat for an hour, have some drinks, I go to bed. It's awesome. <laughs> That's, that is really what we're And then does. magically, the, a podcast is published on Friday. I'm not sure how it happens. Possibly elves. I don't know. <laughs> It's the Christmas spirit. It is. That Christmas spirit is a hardworking producer. Um, But I do appreciate my podcast partner because, honestly, this is no joke. There would be zero podcast without her. I would have never done one. I definitely could not do one by myself unless you want, like, an episode every six or seven months, right? Um, I wouldn't be nearly as funny without her as a part of it because not only is she a great foil – but also she edits to make me seem funnier. <laughs> so that's important, I think. No lies detected there, everyone. Yes. I uh, hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Obviously, not everybody is having uh, you know, a perfect holiday. And in fact, you should tell yourself that almost nobody has a perfect no holiday. One has, no one has it's it. It's okay to be sad if, you, if that's how you feel. Uh, feelings are still valid just because there's you know, tinsel on the tree doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to have feelings. Well, thank you very much for coming and listening to us, everyone. We have social media. I have a Twitter at Serious Produce and Mark's Twitter is at Mark Eats Peach. Correct. Uh, we have a Facebook group, which is Gen X Temporaneous. And I have a TikTok, Christina Gen X. So when I was a small child, my mother, who was very crafty, uh, cut out shapes of countries in construction paper put them on another piece of construction paper and wrote Merry Christmas in the language of those countries. Oh, nice. So I've learned such things as Joyeux Noël and Feliz Navidad and mm-hmm. Frohe Weihnachten. Mm. And of course, my favorite, Mele Kalikimaka. <laughs> so <laughs> Mele Kalikimaka, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next year. That's well, ish. Next week. Whatever. And then Friday. next year. Whatever. Okay, bye. Peace out, Cub Scouts.